Yudamud Beis, halfway down, there's a new Mishnah, that's where we will begin. Says the Mishnah, Kol ha'olim um, All documents that are processed through the court system of the Gentiles, even though the people who signed on it are non-Jews, Ksherim, uh, the documents are valid. Chutz, and I underline the word chutz, the exception is the uh, document, the shtar of Gitenashim and Shikhori Avadim. Those uh, would not be valid if they are processed through a non-Jewish court. Rabbi Shimon, who we boxed, Aymer, Af Elu Ksherim. Well, those also would be kosher if processed through a non-Jewish court. Lohuskaru Ella Bismanshinasube Hedyot. Lohuskar wasn't mentioned in the base medrash that it should be a problem. In other words, it should be puzzle, except in the case where it went through a non-professional Gentile court. There's the professional Gentile courts, and there's the unprofessional Gentile courts. They're not really judges at all, and the Gemara will explain exactly what we're referring to. Says the Gemara, Kapasuk Vatani. The uh, Mishnah taught across the board, making no distinctions, what type of document it was. Loishna mecher, loishna matzana. There's two types of documents. The Gemara calls one a shtar mecher, the other one a shtar matana. A shtar mecher, bishlama, we going a little around the bishlama. And three lines later, Directly underneath is an LOE squiggle underlying that. So we understand if it's a sale document, let's say, of land, um, the document changing hands is not what clenches the deal. Rather, Michiyohiv Zuzi Kamaihu Hudekani. It's when the purchaser gives the money to the seller, that's what clenches the deal. That's when it's the moment that the Kenyan takes place. What then is the document there for? Ushtara Raya Ba'alma Hu. It's simply a proof that the transaction did take place. In other words, the transaction takes place and the star is simply a documentation of the transaction. And we know that's the case. The Iloyahiv Zuzi Kamayu, because if the purchaser would not have paid the money to the seller, there's no way in the world that the document would have been given over. Lo have mari nafshi, or nafshaihu, the sellers would not put themselves in a ra, bad, a negative uh, position, the kasvin le shtar, and write out a document. Kamo, that's as far as a shtar mecher. Ella, we had squiggling around the Ella. Ella matana bimai ka kani. When you have a shtar matana, let's say a document that says Via the star, the 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 giving of the star from the giver, the gift, the receiver, the gift. That's what causes that uh, particular transaction to be clenched. That's that's what seals. That's what does it. Ela matana kakani. It's not some other transaction. Not some sort of like exchange of money. There's no money being given over. Lav by shars and not through this star itself. The problem is a star processed through a gentile court. Vahishtara. It is about as valuable as a, uh, a, a shard of broken pottery. In other words, it, it's nothing. Huh. 
So how's it going to work? Amar Shmuel, famous uh, issue that comes up a number of times in the Shas, even though it was processed through a Gentile court, that's exactly the point. It was a Gentile court, a Gentile set of laws, Dina de Malchusa, Dina, the law of the Gentiles, is considered valid law, and that's the way it works. Dina de Malchusa, Dina, is how a Shtar Matana will work. V'i bayis ema, alternatively, you can read the Mishnah differently. That when the Mishnah said the exceptions were get nashim and shechur avadim, Tani understand it as though it said, here's like three words in right angles, chutzmi ke, double underline the chaf, mi ke gite nashim. In other words, just like a get isha, the giving of the document from one party to the other is, is what causes the deal to be done. Uh, so to anything else where the giving of the document from one party to another is what causes the deal to be done, for instance, like a shtarmatana. In other words, shtarmatana would not be valid if it was processed through the Gentile courts. That's the alternative answer. The mission said, Rabbi Shimon Aymer af elu ksherin. Rabbi Shimon said, well, uh, you have a, I guess, a, a get, and it had been written in a Gentile court and seen over by Gentiles, and he said, no, that would also be kosher. Really? But Gentiles are not b'nei krisus. B'nei krisus is the type of people who are shayach to kiddushin and gitz, and the type of people who can be involved in dealing with uh, kiddushin and gitin, like writing out gitin, signing gitin, but they're, they're not in the partial, they, so they don't have any shaykhs to it. Amar Abzeira, oh, when we see Rab Shimon commenting in the Mishnah here, Yarad, Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon was going according to the Shitasai, the opinion of Rebbe Elazar, who he had uh, just recently. Damar, what does Rebbe Elazar say? True, the get has to have adim, but the adim that are required are the adim that witness the handing over of the document by the husband or his shaliach to the wife or her shaliach. It's the adim who see the handing over of the document that are karsi. That's what clenches the deal. So even though the get might have been written in a Gentile court and even it might have been signed by Gentiles, it's the adim masira, and here we'll have good uh, adim. Uh, to uh, kosher Jews to see it handed over. Okay, but one second. Didn't we just say this document was processed through a Gentile court with Gentile signatures? When Rebbe Luzer says that it's the Ede Mesira that clenched the deal, the Edim that watched it being handed over, Vahama Rebbe Abba, Moda Rebbe Luzer, that Rebbe Luzer would agree if you have the sh- get and there's no one signed on it, and two Jews witness it being handed over, that's good, they're the adim that are required. But if you have signed onto the get actual adim that are not Jewish, that's a case of mezuyaf mitoichai, it's like intrinsically problematic, in which case it would be possible. Okay, so where did Rebbe Lezer say is then, where there's no one signed on it, but if there are adim, and they're adim sulin, that's a psul de Rabbanan, the whole concern being that you might come to rely on these names, look them up, and use them as witnesses, and, and that would be a problem because they're not Jewish. They can't be the Ede Mesira. So, what's the case? Hachama Mayaskina, what, what must we be talking about here? Beshemois Muvhakin. The names signed on the document are names that are clear Gentile names. Jews wouldn't be called that. Let's say, like uh, Jesus. 
and Mohammed, Jesus Smith and Mohammed Jones. Those are the two people who signed on it. Basically, everyone knows you can't call up Jesus or Mohammed to be your A-Day Mesira because everyone realizes that they are not Jewish. Okay, the Gemara itself will give a few other examples. Hechidam, Yishimah, Sufakim would be examples of names that are clearly Gentile names. Amar of Papa, here's a list. Kegain, Hermes, or Avudina, or Barshibti, or Barkedri, or Betty, Nakam, Una. Those are all names that at the time at least were clearly Gentile names. In which case, if they signed on the document, even though they're Gentile, there's no way any Jew who's worth his weight in salt is going to use any of those to be the A-Day Mesira. Okay, well, now the Gemara asks, Aval Shema Shein Muvak, and let's say their names that it's not clear uh, that they're Gentiles. It's called like uh, Dave and uh, John. My, what would we say then? Lie? Uh, that it wouldn't be valid? In other words, they'd be possible, but Shimon would not okay them? Well, Ihochi, if that's the case, that that were true, Adetani Seifa, instead of the Seifa teaching, the distinction being between a professional Gentile court and an unprofessional Gentile court, he could have brought out the distinction in a more subtle fashion. Adetani Seifa, instead of the Seifa teaching, here's a one-line quote of the Seifa of the Mishnah, I put the right angles in, That's only if it's done in an unprofessional court, but if it's done in a professional Gentile court, it's okay. Well, why do you have anything to come on to unprofessional courts? Keep it within the professional Gentile court system. Bring out the distinction within the professional court system. And say like this, this is what you would uh, assume the Mishnah should have said. When is it that it is good in the professional Gentile courts, that's when the name signed, if they signed on to it, were like uh, Jesus or Skeeter, Aval, uh, if they're names that are not really clear that they're Gentiles, low, it wouldn't be good, and that could be a distinction. Well, Umar has two answers to this. Answer number one, I put number one in the margin here, and then three lines later, first two words in the line are Ibaisem, I squiggle underline the Ibaisem, and put a number two in the margin. Answer number one, Hachanami Kamar. That's actually what the... Uh, Mishnah uh, meant to, is the way the Mishnah should be understood. Bemed Varmamurim, what's the case? Bishemus Mufakin, when the names are clearly Gentile names. Aval, Bishemus Mufakin, if the names are not really clear that they're uh, Gentile, Nasa, then it's viewed Ki'ilu, Nasa Kimmi, as though, even though it's done in a professional Gentile court system, it's Kimoshin Asubahedrit, as though it had processed through a unprofessional Gentile court, Upsulin, and it would be invalid. Kama. Ibayasema, alternatively, you have to read the Mishnah actually radically differently than we had read it. The Mishnah had a Tanakama and Rib Shimon, and then we assumed that the line, last line of the Mishnah was uh, qualifying Rib Shimon. Actually, the Ibayasema, that last line in the Mishnah that starts Loihus Kuru, Elbismanishnasu Behejot, is actually not Rib Shimon, that's going back to the Tanakama. Ella Seifa. Asan legite mamoin. It's not Rabbi Shimon saying it. It's the Tanakam. It's the Rabbanan who are saying it, and it's going off the Reisha vehachi kamar. And this is the way to understand that last line in the Mishnah. Not as a comment off Rabbi Shimon, but almost as a comment off the Rabbanan. Loihus kerugite mamoin depsulin elabismanshana subehedyit. Let's see the Rashi. Rashi is the Ramaskel right across from here. Asan legite mamoin. 
The Rabbanan Kamri Lay. I double underline the Rabbanan in the Rashi. It's not Rab Shimon who's saying that last line, it's the Rabbanan. Val Rasha kind of is going off the Rasha. Here's a two line quote in the Rashi of the Rasha. Kolashtar shall mamain. Now, it didn't say Shalmamain. The Armisha just said Kolstaris. We're talking about any monetary documents. Ha'oilin Bar Kaishlavikhavan that go through the Gentile court system are kosher. That would be the end of the reading of the Mishnah. Now we explain Kagain Shtare Mecher, like sale documents, who could depreciate time as we already explained the reason. Dezuzi Kanule is actually the giving over the money that establishes the Kenyan, and the documentation, the Shtara is the Sahadusa Balma, it's merely for Adios, merely for uh, a future proof. If it wasn't for the fact that money was given, the sellers, there's no way they would put themselves in a negative uh, situation to have the Shah written out. Then you would read into the last line of the Mishnah, I double underline the word and we didn't mention it would be Why, if it's done in an unprofessional Gentile court system? Delokopti. They're not very particular to do things that might give them a bad reputation because they're an unofficial Gentile court. Back in the Gemara, Tanya, the Gemara brings a Brisa, goes for, let's see, two, four, six, eight, about nine lines and starts here. Amar Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Yossi, Kach Amar Shimon. I Bach Reb Shimon, it's the same Reb Shimon who was in uh, our mission on the previous Amud. This is what Reb Shimon told the Chachamim in the city of Tzidon. Loi nechliku. I underline the loi nechliku. He's coming to qualify machlokas uh, from the generation before between Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim. Loi nechliku Rabbi Kiva Chachamim al kol hashtarei sa'ilin barakai shleifti chachamim any document that's processed through the Gentile courts sha'afa pishachai smei anayvti chachamim even though the people signed on it are Gentile k'sherim they are kosher va'afilu even gitei nashim m'shukri avadim even those Kama, so where is their machlokas? Lo nechleku ela. I squeal underline the lo nechleku ela. Bizman shenaasu be If it was done in a, not a professional court, but an unprofessional, a non-professional Gentile court. There, Shurabi Akiva, I double underline Rabbi Akiva, machshir, he would say it's valid. And the chachamim, I double underline the chachamim, poislim, they would say that it is not good, chutz, with the exception of Gitei Nashim and Shukri Avadim, that they actually are good. Okay, now, since it would be done in a unprofessional court, Shtare uh, Mecher, sale documents that are there for some sort of future proof, and the people who signed on it are Gentile, and you're going to rely on that, that would be puzzle, because I'll tell you who's to say. If it's an unprofessional court, they could very well be lying in what they're signing to. However, when it comes to uh, divorce documents, it's not that we rely on them. We rather rely on the Ede Mesira. And by the way, the names signed are definitely Shemus Mupak, and they're definitely Gaim. Rav Shemagam Liel, who is circled, Aymer, Af Elu. Sharon, even those would be kosher, meaning like uh, get isha, only b'makom shein Yisrael chaysman. It's only in a place where Jews don't sign. Aval b'makom shein Yisrael chaysman. If it's in a place that uh, Jews do sign, even if the names are pretty clear that they seem Gentiles, like Jesus and Skeeter, it would be, no, it wouldn't be good, rather it would be puzzle. 
You know why? Because if you're going to allow these signatures, you might come to allow also names that are not so clearly Gentile, like uh, David and or um, Jonathan. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Okay. Asks the Gemara, well, one second. If we're making a Gezeira that in a place where Jews do sign, don't allow even Shemais that are Muvhakin guy, because you might come to a shame that's not so Muvhakai. Malkam Shin I put those four words in a phrase marking. Nami, there also. Ligzer, we should make a Gezeira and say it would be a problem. Atu Malkam Shin Just like we made a Gezeira, Shemus Muvhakin, because we're concerned, we're concerned about Shemus that are not Muvhakin, shouldn't we also make a Gezeira uh, place to place? We made a Gezeira name because of name. We should make a Gezeira one place because of another place. Well, the Gemara says, no, we won't go that far. Shma b'shma, to get confused between one name and another name, to get confused between Jesus and Skeeter on the one hand, and uh, David and um, Al on the other, Machlev, people will get confused when it comes to that. However, Asra, but Asra, one place for another place, lo Machlev, people in general, will not confuse the two. Period. Ravina Savar Lakshura, Ravina had uh, thought to say that it was valid, say it was kosher, uh, other stars, be kenufi asa de arma, a uh, uh, bunch of uh, gayim, not not like professional gayish uh, courts, just like uh, Rabbi Akiva had done up above, Amalei Rafram, so Rafram said to Ravina, ooh, one second there, uh, one word in right angles, arkois tsnan, uh, what it says is, arkois, in other words, professional Gentile courts, not the other type of Gentile courts, like the unprofessional ones, period. Amarava, Haishtara Parsa, a Persian document written in the Persian language, signed by Persian Hediotos, that was handed over in the presence of Jewish witnesses, can be used as a collection if the other side... Um, doesn't follow through on the deal, even, or I'll say maybe only, only from assets that are not, um, that are uh, that are currently free to the, uh, uh, belonging to the person, uh, not assets that had a previous lien on them that somebody else may have currently. Okay, well, one second. If you have um, that situation, it's written in Persian, Vaha, the Adim, who apparently were the ones who had the document handed over in their presence, they don't know how to read Persian, they don't know how to read like Yiddish or Hebrew or something like that. Vaha lo yadu de mikri. Well, answer in this case, bedi they did know uh, how to read the uh, the document. The people who thought no, were fluent in Persian and could read Persian. Ah, vaha b'yinaksav, sheinu yachal isn't there another requirement, though, that the document be written in a type of writing, uh, whether it's on the parchment or the ink, that cannot be forged? In other words, you have to, if you could use an ink that can easily be scraped off and something else can be written in, then that's no good. Uh, you have to have the, the way they would do this is they would treat the parchment that they would write documents on uh, with gallnut juice. And that gallnut juice would cause it so that if, um, uh, somebody had written the text of a, let's say, a star on it, and somebody else came and tried to scrape off those letters, it wouldn't scrape off effectively. It would be like smudge. It would be clear that it had been doctored. Uh, and you don't have that with typical Persian documents, Valaika. Well, in this case, you did. Bedda Afitsan, they had the gallnut juice treatment. 
Okay, well, what about this? There's another requirement that you have on uh, Jewish documents that the last line should sort of sum up the main uh, topics, the uh, the parties involved, the uh, amount, what was transacted, uh, and typical Persian documents don't have that. Well, answer, it did. So number one, the witnesses that saw it handed over uh, were fluent and understood and read the Persian language. Uh, it also was a special type of sh- of uh, parchment that had uh, the gallnut juice treatment, making it impossible to forge after it had been written to change the uh, the the, con- the content of the uh, document. And you also have the last line went over the main points of the document. Well, Ihachi asked the Gemara, if that's the case, Dinami, why can the person collect using this document only from? Uh, B'nai Chayrin assets, they should be able to collect even from Meshubat assets, things that have uh, leaned to, to someone else, but this was an earlier lien. Well, the reason in this case is lace lay kala. There's no... The, 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 the reason why we say that a person can collect even from Meshubat uh, property is because there's a call to... There's a... Uh, when, when a uh, document or a deal is done, people know about it. Here, there is no coil because the people who signed it weren't Jewish. And it's really the people who sign the document that produce that call. Uh, and therefore, uh, there's no way we're going to make the purchaser here lose out because uh, he's going to say, there's no way. I didn't know about it. I didn't hear about it. People don't know about this. Period. The following question. Let's say you have witnesses uh, signed on a document. Uh, you're in Israel. It came from Israel. And their names, though, seem to be uh, very similar to Gentile names. Now, we don't know if they're Jewish or Gentile. We just see these names that are quite similar to Gentile names. What do we say in that case? Well, Amarle, um, you want to know if A.D. Uh, Mesira are valid to be able to uh, enforce this, to be the, the clenchers? Amarle, we only have two names that uh, uh, we have a tradition on about a get that once had uh, these uh, names signed on it. The two people who signed were Lucas and Lewis. And we said that that would be kosher. Okay. Huh. Vidavka, it's specifically Lucas and Lewis. Those names are definitely. Uh, names. It's it's basically Jews don't have those names either Lucas or Lewis. Aval Shamhasa Achrina, some other name to Yisrael Demaski Bishamhasayu that Jews sometimes will be uh, called by those names. Lo, we wouldn't say. In other words, a day Mesira would not work. Okay, that is uh, the question that Reish Lakish asked uh, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan answered. Uh, Lucas and Lewis, but other names, uh, no. Ace, Fe, we have a Tanaic source, goes for about three and a half lines, and it seems to indicate otherwise. Says the Tanaic source, When you have uh, divorce documents coming from overseas, there's people signed on it, two names signed. There are also, you got the names, and they look like Gentile names, you just don't know. The get would be kosher. Why? Most Jews in have names that are similar to the Gentiles. Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. That apparently would be a question. The Gemara turns around and says, that's not a question. That 
Brisa said specifically the get was coming from Chutzlaretz. Hasam Kedektani Taima, like the Brisa itself said. He, we read the Brisa for a line and a half now, right angles. The reason why it's good, even though the names seem to be like Gentile names, that's because that live in like uh, Brazil or live in Alberta or live in Cameroon. Their names are similar to Gentile names. However, in Eretz Yisrael, that's not the case. Okay, so that's a simple way to answer the question. It's only a not a question that's talking about uh, get from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael, and we were talking about a get here that was coming from Eretz Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. Vigadamri, alternatively, ki masnisa ba'amine upashatle mi masnisa. Alternatively, the question was asked not about a get coming from Israel to Israel, but rather coming from Chutzlaretz to Israel, and the answer was the straight uh, Tanaic source that we had three, four, five lines ago, that it would be okay. Says the Mishnah, Haimer, I double in on this word, ten. Ten get zele ishti, or sharshik You have a husband, and he says to a uh, emissary, give this get to my wife. Or a uh, slave owner, the master, he says, uh, give sharshik uh, to my slave, comma. And then the shaliach uh, goes to deliver it. Let's say the husband or the slave owner or the master changed his mind. Five minutes later, he goes running after the guy he just sent out as the shaliach. Uh, can he say, you know what, give that back to me. I take it back. Whether it's the get isha or the shtar for the slave. Yachzer, he's allowed to back out. Diva Rebbe Meir, I boxed Rebbe Mayor, essentially, both of those are viewed as net negatives. For a woman to go from being married woman to um, unmarried woman, that's a net negative. In other words, it's a chayv to her. Uh, for a slave to be going from being owned to being free is a negative. And we know in general, you cannot do something. You can do something that's a zechust for someone else when they're not there, but you cannot do something that's a chayv. In other words, ein chaven la'adam. Unless it's befonav, you can certainly do it in their presence. But if it's not in their presence, the shaliach never functioned as one who was able to do something that ends up being a negative for the person that they're being a shaliach to. That's from Meir. I box the chachamim also. They say, that's only where the husband can, uh, you know, change his mind, go chase after the shaliach. Say, you know what, give me that back. That's not by emancipation documents of slaves. Uh, apparently, it's not considered a negative for a slave to be free. It's actually considered, according to the Chama, a positive. And the reason behind this, the underlying reason is, Lafisha Zakin La'adam Shaloi Befanov. I can do something for Bob, even when Bob's not there, that's a positive. So I can give a Shaliach, let's say, here's $100 to give to Bob, I give it to the Shaliach, and then... Um, That'll work. However, I cannot do something that would be a net negative uh, for Bob unless Bob is actually there. The reason why the Chacham made a distinction between a get Isha and a Shtar Shikhar for an Evid is because if a person wants to not give food, that's really like maybe the most expensive upkeep of a a uh, slave, or for that matter, a wife, if he wants to not give uh, food uh, services to his slave, Rashai, he would be allowed. Therefore, when he frees the slave, 
it's not really uh, uh, much of a loss of mezainus, because even without that, if he wanted to, he didn't have to support the slave. However, Shalil is an ishto to not um, give food uh, to his wife. Ein he's not allowed to that, uh, not allowed to do that. Um, and therefore, when he divorces her, it's it back, basically causing her to lose all those mezonos rights. Amar lahem, says Rabbi Meir, back to the Chachamim, varehu truma, but one second, if he's a Kohen, he would ruin his evitability to his evitability to eat truma, which an evit owned by a Kohen can eat truma, and now he cannot. Amrulai, they say back to Rabbi Meir, well, that's because he's his asset. Now, it's not so clear this uh, back and forth, the last Chachamim uh, comment, the last uh, Rabbi Meir comment, but when we get into Gemara, we'll uh, um, describe a little bit more clearly what the back and forth was. Says the Gemara, Yosef Rafuna, who I underlined, and Rav Yitzchak Bar Yosef, who I also underlined, two separate underlines. Uh, these were two students. They were sitting in the presence, come to Rabbi Yirmiya, and I underlined Rabbi Yirmiya. Now, Rabbi Yirmiya is the Rebbe. I'm sure did not get much sleep, and in this particular incident, he was kind of uh, dozing off. Yosef Rabbi Yirmiya vikam minnam name. Nimnum is kind of uh, dozing off, not a deep sleep, but uh, dozing off. So now the two students, uh, one of them, Ravuna, he says, uh, from the fact that the Rabbanan, the Shittus HaChamim, said in the Mishnah that a Shaliach is able to take possession of a Shtar for the Eved, um, even though the uh, he goes on his way to Shaliach and the master comes running after him and says, oh, oh no, you want to take that back? Uh, no, he can't, uh, the master cannot take that back. Shmami um, now from that that hatofes lebalchayiv kana. If some middle person, uninvolved person, uh, seizes an asset for someone who is owed that asset, um, it works. Okay. Amar um, bar Yosef. The other uh, person who was sitting there says to back to Ravuna. Uh, hmm, do we say this that that's the case even if by taking the uh, asset in question or the item in question it causes a, a, a loss to somebody else Amrle says uh, Ravuna uh, and yes that's right even in a place where it would cause a loss to somebody else um, okay so let's say uh, uh, you have a few people you have one person who's owed $100. You have another person who's owed $100. So the first person owed $100. If he seizes the asset worth $100, that could very well be a loss to the other person who now can't seize it. So anyway, Amarle in? Yes, that's the case. That's Rav Huna said. That would be true. Well, Rav Yirmi, who had been dozing off, Adahachi, it's our behu, Rav Yirmiya. Rav Yirmiya kind of woke up. Amar Lahu, and he said back to uh, Rav Huna and Rav Yitzhak Bar Yosef, Dardiki, children, Hachi Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said a little bit differently than I'm hearing in the discussion. What did Rabbi Yochanan say? It's basically a line plus a few word quote. If some uninvolved party comes and seizes an asset for a Balchayv, he's owed uh, that, something that he's owed, but it causes a potential loss. In other words, that asset won't be there anymore for anyone else. He's not koina. Now, v'im toimar mishnah seinu, and if you're going to say, but what didn't we hear from the our mishnah that it would work in giving the uh, giving this uh, middleman shaliach a star shichur for the eved that that star shichur uh, would be valid? Well, 
the reason it works in our Mishnah is something else. Because we had a, what was the first uh, uh, word that was said in our Mishnah? How much ten, that ten, that give, um, is sort of like a command. Kol ha'imer tenu, any person who tells a shliach to give is ka'imer zachudam. It's as though he's saying, give it by acquiring it on their behalf right now. That's the case. So it's almost as though the shaliach acquired it on the behalf of the one that they were sent to deliver it to. Kama. I'm Rav Chista. I struggled with Rav name. That the case we had been discussing up above, that if I as a neutral uh, third uh, party observer grab an asset from Bob that's owed to somebody else, it's owed to, let's say, uh, um, David or Shlomo. So I grabbed it for from Bob to uh, on behalf of, uh, like I, I knew that um, it was owed to this other person, let's call Mr. A, even if that's causing a potential loss to Mr. B, who's not going to be able to now collect that for what he's owed, that would come uh, and and be apparently parallel to this Machlokas, Rabbi Lezer and the Rabbanon, that we'll see right now, did not. We have a mission with Peya. Peya is the corners of the field. You leave it as a gift for the poor. How about this, though? Imagine if I'm uh, 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 harvesting my field and there's uh, the peya. Misha liket es ha-peya. You have a person who is the uh, the balabas. He's a regular wealthy guy. He's not entitled to peya as, as it is right now. He collects a bunch of peya and Amr and says, I'm collecting this on behalf of uh, Joe the pauper, Joe the ani. Now, if he takes for Joe the ani, that might be nice for Joe the ani, but that's causing every other ani in the world the inability to collect it. In other words, he's causing a potential loss to every other Ani. Does it work or not? Well, Machlokas Rabbi Lezer and the Chacham and Rabbi Eliezer, who I boxed by Mirzachaloi, yeah, this uh, Balabas will, uh, in taking it and saying he's taking it for uh, um, that particular Ani number one, it'll be, it'll work. He's acquired it for Ani number one. Whereas the Chacham, I remember I boxed the Chacham, and they say, no, he hasn't acquired it for that particular Ani, and whichever Ani comes first, is the one who can uh, get it. That's the Antithetic source. And uh, Rav Chista apparently uh, said that in the case of Atayis Bachlam Machshavala Chayrim, is uh, also Machlokas Rabbi Lezer in the Chachamim. Amar Meimar, as a response to Rav Chista, Meimar said, Vitema, those who say it was Rapapa, we'll circle Rapapa, uh, says back uh, either Meimar or Rapapa to Rav Chista's suggestion that maybe Dilma Loihi. Maybe you cannot parallel the two cases. Colon. Adkan, I squiggle on the Adkan. And three lines later, a little bit further in the line, is another Adkan. We'll see the two Stadim now. Maybe it's not a direct parallel. Adkan, maybe Loikama Rabbi Eliezer Hassam. The reason why the Balabas, the field owner, can take the Peya for an Ani over there, according to Rabbi Eliezer, is something else. Because the whole concept of being able to take Peya is you have to be under a certain threshold of uh, net worth. Uh, well, every person theoretically can declare themselves uh, that they're making all their assets hefker and they immediately become presto instant ani. So maybe Rebbe Lezer only said his din there, ela de, this concept of migu di boi, mafkilu lenichse, since any person, even, uh, even Bill Gates, 
can be mafgal, well, let's call it a Jew person, even Moishi uh, Big Bucks, Migudi Iboi Mafgal Lehulan. Since, if he wanted to, he could make ownerless all of his assets in a moment, and then he presses an instant Ani, in which case it was an instant Ani, Vechazile would actually be fitting for him. He'd be entitled to the paya. And since, like, theoretically, in that case, he could take it for himself, then in the real world, he's able to take it on behalf of uh, his friend, the Ani. In, like, a standard case of you have two creditors, one debtor, and a fourth party independently coming on behalf of one of the creditors, that might not be the same case. Comma. Similarly, from the other direction, the Adkan, we squiggle around the Adkan, maybe up until this point, like Kamri, the Rabbanan Hasam, the Chachamim, who said, no, you have to give it to the first one you find, Ela Dirsiv, because the Pasuk, this is Vayikra Chav Kimel, Pasuk Chav it says, Lo Selakate, and then it immediately says, Le'ani, which you could understand to mean on a Drusha level, Lo Selakate, Lo La'ani. What does it mean, Lo Selakate? Now in the Pasuk, there's an Esnachta there, it's like a Kama, then La'ani, but it means, you, Mr. Balabas, do not collect for an Ani. Maybe that's why the Chama would say it, it didn't work. In our case, maybe that wouldn't be the same. Okay, so as far as Repub is concerned, you cannot necessarily, in either direction, parallel the Machlokas, Rabbi Eliezer, Chachamim, to our Machlokas. Okay, now that Pasuk of La'ani, what does Rabbi Eliezer do with it? Verebulezer, hi the pasuk of loiselokate my avidle. He clearly can't use that to say that uh, Mr. Balabas is not allowed to collect paya on behalf of the ani because he said Mr. Balabas is yes allowed to. So what would he do with the loiselokate ani? Me by it would be used by him for the following lahazir laani al shaloi loiselokate laani would mean let's say you have a poor person he's he's underneath the uh, poverty line, so he's able to take pay from someone else, but if he himself, this Ani, has a little tiny piece of land, you know what he has to do with his little piece of land when he's harvesting it? Leave a little bit at the corner. In other words, to warn even the person who's an Ani on his own stuff that he should still leave, pay Adkan.